0: manipulate the price of gold and silver but all that money printing that they've done has flowed into the only non-manipulated currency in the world and that is bitcoin. I think this is totally different. No. No different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you
1: have learned. Alright, I'll give you a try. No. Try not. Do. Or
0: oh, do not. There is no try. Once in a while you the the strangest look at it right. Bitcoin changes absolutely everything. What's in there? Only what you take with you.
1: Before we begin today's show, just a quick shout out to a great initiative. For all Bitcoiners in Asia, you should know that Bitcoin for India, which is a volunteer-led group of Indian Bitcoiners, is organising Asia's largest Bitcoin-only conference on the 5th and 6th of November at Goa, India. Catch up with plebs from all around the world, be part of the conversation, join in on the various workshops, all while being surrounded by lush green forest and picturesque beaches. For more details, visit www.bitcoinforindia.org conference. That's Bitcoin for India as in B-I-T-C-O-I-N the number four india.org slash conference. Hope to see you there. And now let's get back to the show. Hey, Bill, welcome to the show. Firstly, thanks for making the time. And we'll jump straight into it. How about you give an audience a bit of a background of yourself first?
0: Sure. So I first heard about Bitcoin from one of my crazy libertarian friends. And I thought it sounded cool. But uh, weird and just kind of ignored it. And then the bull run happened and I would see these degenerate gamblers, you know, watching the ticker every few seconds and, and yelling out that it's up or down. And I'm like, uh, clearly this is stupid. Uh, so my first exposure was more of the gambler crowd and not about the fundamentals. So I, really just kind of wrote bitcoin off as not worth uh, looking into then as an american i moved to the philippines and i suddenly became unbanked over here and i was sending remittances to myself i ended up going through a path from old tech to new uh, tech fairly quickly so my first money over here was over Western Union, and I saw that was a not good way of doing things. Uh, moved to some of the more modern alternatives, but they're essentially just as bad. And then eventually I got some gig work, and the guys were like, hey, um, you take Bitcoin. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Let's take a look. And of course, at that point, I saw that, from the last time I'd looked it was up quite a bit and I'm like yeah sure I found an exchange over in the Philippines and was able to um, move the money over here like that and I started looking into the fundamentals and that's really when I fell down the rabbit hole and there we are
1: okay yep yeah. and just to get a time frame so when was it you first discovered it through? These, uh, your friends and the gamblers, as you say.
0: Oh, okay. So that was not this bull run, but the bull run before that.
1: So 2017, I'm guessing, around that. Yeah,
0: that sounds about right.
1: Yep. Okay. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so what made you move and where did you move from and like what made you move to the Philippines?
0: Oh, I came from the States and then I moved to uh, the Philippines. I uh, had basically already retired. And was living in Las Vegas, and people tend to come and go out of Vegas after about seven years. And true to that, after about seven years there, I was kind of like, well, what's the next adventure? And the Philippines has a lot going for it.
1: So yeah, any reason for the Philippines? Any particular? Yeah.
0: So um I, I was a very early retiree at 41. And if you follow any of the uh, the FIRE, Financial Independence Retire Early movement, whenever they list out countries that are interesting to go to, it, Philippines is always in the top three of any list that you make.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard of this uh, fire list that you speak of. Yeah, that's interesting. And
0: yeah, fire fire is uh, basically all about financial independence, retire yep. early, save right. up a lot of money, live cheap, and you know, quit your job.
1: Sure, sure. So, okay. So for a young person that would be listening to this, uh, before we dive into like other Bitcoin related stuff, like how would they go about like having this fire lifestyle that you speak of?
0: ah uh the <laughs> the simplest part of it is spend less than you earn yes uh that i mean that is a key point and everything else in fire is an elaboration on that point you can go to the different websites and so on but the community gets kind of boring after a while because it all boils down to that
1: 100 percent, yes yes and Yeah, it's interesting because we currently live in a system like in in this clown world that we speak of, like where it's, uh, we are incentivized to spend money, right? And we are like, we have all these flashy deals. We have uh, credit cards that are always in your face or some sort of like a buy now, pay later schemes and people get sucked into all of that, right? Like, so, so it's about self-discipline as well. Like, and sticking to that one rule that you mentioned, that is... uh, uh, spend less uh, less than you earn, right? And then that's how you add up well. But then at the same time, like, so say say for example, I'm saving about ten percent or twenty percent of what I'm earning, and then you're saving it. And like, it's, it's, what I'm trying to get at is how did you like what in your journey? Where did you manage to save money? Because inflation, right? Like, so even if you spend save a thousand dollars. One year from now, it's going to be $800, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess uh, implicitly when I say save, I mean save and invest. Yes. So maxing out your 401k along with the company match that was quite generous where I was at uh, gave me uh, a base. As far as investing in there goes, another simple mantra is buy an index fund. Uh, That is pretty damn good advice and uh, from there as I retired I realized that I needed more passive income you know when I get to actual retirement age I'm all set but getting from there to uh, to the end of the rainbow was going to be the hard part and so I ended up moving a fair amount into rentals so I've got rentals that are uh, being rented right now and you know, sometimes my guys even pay rent. <laughs> that's um, that's been a problem through the pandemic. Uh, Vegas was hit particularly yes. hard. Uh, and I'm not, you know, like super aggressive on that, but they're catching up. And so, yeah, that and I've just got a variety of uh, residual uh, passive income streams. Sure. That sure. I've, I've built up over the years.
1: Nice. And. and if you don't mind speaking of it what was your i mean your profession like while you were uh, working
0: oh i was i was an engineer in software in software so yep 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 nothing related to bitcoin but yep yep yeah
1: and so like yeah so when you found bitcoin like going down the technical side of things it would have clearly like yeah made sense because for so most people like i mean for most people that come into bitcoin it's firstly for the number go up techno like basically they want to somewhere to save money and like make money out of it and then then or they find out about inflation and how the governments have been stealing from us and then that's another way they see like having an asset that is has a fixed supply is a good way to spend uh save in, and then the, then they'll probably go down the technical side which they probably not get over cause this yeah you got to be sort of savvy or you have need to know your comp like there's some sort of software engineer skills that you'd need but how is it like when you discover like were were you able to grasp concepts easily
0: yeah to give you an idea um the first book i ever bought off of amazon way back when it opened was bruce's book on cryptography applied cryptography so i mean and i was already a hardcore libertarian for uh for years decades So why I didn't find this earlier is beyond me. Actually, (laughs) Um, I think being around a bunch of degenerate gamblers that were just playing shit coins for um, during that bull run is probably what put me off of it. Had I found it in a bear the very first time or a flat, I probably would have been far more interested in it.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I've spoken to quite a few people and like, I guess. Bitcoiners are born during the bear markets. Like, like during the bull markets, yeah, you, you could be shitcoining all you want, and and you could buy any random shitcoin, and like everything's going up during the bull market, I guess. In some way. everyone's then, a
0: genius in a bull market. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah. So so when was it that you moved to the Philippines and what's it oh that like? was
0: three years ago. So I guess that would be twenty nineteen.
1: Twenty nineteen. And you did find Bitcoin around 2017?
0: No, no. Uh, Well, that's when I probably first heard about it.
1: First heard about it. Right, right, right. But
0: I think I bought, you know, like $100 worth of it uh, from my friend to keep him quiet. Yeah. (laughs) So.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. And, uh, yeah, so then, so when did you, like, venture down the rabbit hole? Like, around which year was that? And because you, uh, sorry, and... Was that while you were in the Philippines? That you? Yeah, were- yeah.
0: All that I haven't, I haven't set foot in America in three years now. Okay. Uh, when my buddy dropped me off at the airport, he looked at me and said, "You're never coming back," and I, I think he might be right. <laughs> um. So, like, I, I think I'm going to adopting Bitcoin in Sa- San Salvador, and yeah. even though it's relatively close to North America. I don't think I'm going to be stopping in.
1: Right, right, right. I'll
0: probably go to San Salvador and come right back.
1: Sure. Yep. And what's the like reasoning behind like, you know, this drastic move? Like, I mean, there's always people I yeah, currently we can see like this like you could say migration like people from the US are like finding out elsewhere to go. But why is that reason? And cuz and people from the other worlds are like from other countries they want to go to the US, right? So what's this new change? Like, why are people like so wanting to exit the U.S., right? Especially like the people that have lived there, right?
0: Um, well, I think, you know, for me, it was pretty financial,
1: right? right, it, right.
0: it can I can move somewhere where I am still um, making money passively and living a good lifestyle. Yep. Right? instead of working as an engineer and putting money away, i can be on a beach toes up drinking mojitos putting money away. Yes. So,
1: okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah, makes sense. Uh okay, let's switch gears yeah. And like when did this inception of bitcoin island come into being?
0: Okay. So, i was on reddit and i was talking about how i move money from america over to the philippines and i do it over the Bitcoin rails because it's just the best way of doing it. And Ethan, the CEO and founder of Pouch, he wrote me a DM and we got talking. And then we had a chat like this. Uh, I realized he was a pretty smart guy and was not full of baloney. So I said, hey, I can go check out Boracay for you they had had an advanced team come here and I think they signed up one or two businesses okay and that was about it so I'm like I'll just go there and spend a week see if I think it's feasible after about three days here already having signed up a few businesses I was like yeah we we can absolutely do this so instead of being there for a few weeks to see how it goes i knew i could do this already so i went into apartment hunting mode and setting up a life here then uh once we were all set i and my lady we went back to where we were in the provinces packed up literally overnight and headed back the next day
1: okay yeah now, when you say we start doing this, right? Like for the audience that listening, they must have not come across Bitcoin Island. They must have yeah, not heard of it. And that that's one thing. And when you say, and the location, like you did mention the place name and like, so yeah, if you can just like go over that again.
0: Sure. So Bitcoin Island is Boracay Island. If you look on a map of the Philippines, it is south of the, uh, the big island, and manila so you can find it it's a tiny tiny uh island when you're looking at the philippines as a whole uh but if you just search boracay in any map program you'll you'll find us there it's kind of a long thin island most of the action that the tourists are going to care about is right there at the thin part of it
1: yep and yeah and when you say like we are going to do this right like you said said that uh what was it that you are planning on doing like whoa.
0: so we are inspired by Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador and we wanted to make a tourist or I'm sorry a circular economy here and we also chose Boracay because of the tourists uh that come in there's a large influx of tourism so El Salvador saw an increase of tourism because of the Bitcoin tourists. And it was not necessarily a tourist destination before that. So I'm thinking that now that the Bitcoin world is seeing that there's already a very popular tourist destination that they can also spend Bitcoin on, that's going to be a better draw.
1: Yes. Yes. Makes sense. And, uh, yeah, especially, like, for, uh, yeah, to think of it, like, this, especially for us here if from Australia that want to travel, it's, like, fairly easy to come to the Philippines, right? Like, like, and, yeah, and, yeah, and pretty much everywhere, like, as, like, more, uh, as more places start, like, have these circular economies, like, there's Bitcoiners that would want to go and spend bitcoin. Uh, yes one aspect is like uh, people uh, I mean some Bitcoiners are like oh we don't need to spend our Bitcoin we just need to hodl and hodl and but it's I guess there's the bigger aspect is actually getting an opportunity to spend the Bitcoin that we hold right yeah well
0: I mean to me that that whole I'm only going to hodl is kind of silly because you can replace it exactly right I mean that's that's a huge part of it is getting that flow going. Yep. And as long as you are earning more than you spend every, every dollar, every peso that you spend is an opportunity cost for sats. You did not buy. So what is the difference? And I really just don't see one.
1: one hundred percent. Yes. Yes.
0: I mean, and then as a tourist, when you come here, uh, there is the savings of all the money that you're not spending on fees, converting, money over here and knowing that if you use a credit card, you're not getting soaked and the, uh, business is not getting soaked in the process. So, and just further adoption is good for all of us, you know, as hodlers that when these economies start showing up and prove the use case, prove the utility, that increases the value of bitcoin and since you can replace it anyway why not
1: 100 percent. yes i mean like and and if you're just going to keep holding on like for how long would you keep holding on right like you the purpose of it is to be used as money the purpose of bitcoin is to be used as money and like we yeah i mean i uh yeah if i i would i would spend my bitcoin as the first i mean wherever possible like if if i have these options like here in melbourne we do have uh the beef. like we starting off like the australian beef initiative and then we have a we have we have a supplier like who's priced beef in sats and we buy it in sats so it doesn't matter whether bitcoin is going up or down we pay at the price that is there in stats
0: and are they updating that price daily, or
1: no? The, so the price is fixed. So he, he uh, I mean, it's it's one individual, right? And he's he's a he's a hardcore Bitcoiner, and he doesn't he's valued that cow in 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 satoshis, right? So okay, yeah. So it doesn't matter whether like tomorrow Bitcoin is ten thousand. He's he's a long time like he sees it for the long time, like like yeah.
0: Well, I mean, in that kind of environment, he he should be lowering the price of his beef every few years then right
1: i guess i guess yes <laughs> i guess if, if bitcoin is going up i guess yeah he would have to adjust for that but at the moment when he did initially price it i think bitcoin was somewhere in usc terms was somewhere around 2025 and now we are sitting at 18 but he hasn't increase the price
0: yeah well i mean that's just one of the the theories that on a uh, pure bitcoin standard uh wages will go down yes every year right the negotiation is is flipped where the employee negotiates how much less bitcoin he's willing to take (laughs) each year so i guess that should apply to the guy selling beef too right
1: for sure for sure 100 but but yeah what i wanted to get as was how easy was it for the local merchants around there to, I mean, yeah, start accepting Bitcoin and like learning about it and like, and how much, yeah, how big of a role education plays here and yeah, something on those lines. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we can onboard a business in about 10 minutes. All right. Okay. So, I mean, it happens pretty fast. Uh, now, are they willing to take that 10 minutes immediately? Some are, some are not. We sell uh, this, sell, I say, um, promote this is probably a better word. Uh, We promote this almost purely on utilitarian basis. Okay. Uh, The money movement is really broken in the Philippines. Moving money is expensive. It is expensive to be poor uh, without a bank trying to move money around, and people see that. So... We are, you know, there's a few selling points. Uh, we encourage them to use pouch.ph. It's a lightning wallet that has rails into the Filipino banking system. Okay. I, I would say that strike has, you know, the same thing with rails into the American yep. banking system. So they, they can be very similar in that way. Right. And so, We go in and show them how easy to use this is. You scan a QR code with pouch, uh, hit the amount you want to pay, and it goes directly to them. If they don't have their cell phone with them, they have that printed QR that they just put near their cash register and go. Something as simple as Internet connectivity is not always a given for these small stores because – Everyone here, myself included, buys their Internet access over the cell phones by the by the day or by the week. So it's kind of like prepaid. And if they run out, they just okay. all right, I ran out. So with this QR code, if they're willing to trust that the customer's phone is telling the truth, which I think is pretty reasonable, uh, especially for the small amounts that we're talking about here, yep. Then they see that they got paid, and that's it.
1: Sure, sure. Yes,
0: now there's a second modality where if they've got their phone, they can make a lightning QR code, and when that gets paid, they see it immediately. Any lightning wallet, pouch or not pouch, is able to pay that, yep. and so that's that's more ideal, but we have to know that sometimes they just they're out of battery, or what have you. So that fallback of the QR code, uh, static QR code, is, is pretty good. Uh, when we compare that to the other e-wallets in the area mm-hmm. that are dominant, they uh, they really do see the, the difference just as a pure e-wallet. So uh, a lot of the times here, the e-wallets are going to be uh, keyed to the phone number and a lot of these people have self-onboarded so they didn't have a sales rep from the other e-wallets come in and print them off a nice qr code so what they end up doing is just writing their phone number on a piece of cardboard that's beaten up they can't remember where they put it half the time and bring it to the um To the person that's paying. Now you compare that to us. We've got a nice full color. QR code with a nice background. And um, then on the back. We put my personal phone number. And uh, (laughs) where they can find us. If they need support. Which we have an office. Right in the middle of the island. If you try and get support from. Other e-wallets. You know that. You call them, they're not going to answer. You email them, they're not going to respond. Yep. Or any number of bad customer experiences are going to happen. For sure. Here, they've got my personal phone number on the back of the card. They know where my office is, yes. and they will walk in. Um, I just had a call from one of our clients, you know, our partners, the other night, and I'm like, I'll be there in a couple minutes, and I show up and help yeah. figure out whatever problem she was having. This does not scale to the size of a country, but yes. it works really well in a small, enclosed community like this.
1: Sure. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. A few questions pops uh popped up in my head. Yeah. Firstly, how big is this island? Like how yeah. How mm-hmm. easy it is to go back and forth. I think it's um
0: oh I I forget. I think it's like 10 square kilometers, which doesn't mean a lot to me. Yep. So I, I will tell you that. Uh, If the thin part of the island, you can walk from one side to the other in about 10 minutes. Okay. And if you're on one of these little e-scooters, which is about as fast as anything on the island, but not that fast. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's about the speed of a bicycle. Yeah. You can go from one end of the tourist area to the other in about 10 minutes. minutes. So that that gives a more human scale to the size of it.
1: Sure. Yeah. Another one is like, uh, yeah, who are the, I mean... So it's like small, small merchants probably selling uh, your regular FMCG goods. Uh, but what are any of the bigger clients like on the island like that are a larger yeah. transaction? Yeah.
0: Let me, I was just going to pull up my map here. Uh, if anyone wants to look, the newest map is always at pouch.ph and you can click through to the island. Sure. And we've got the always updated map Right there. So, let me nice. go through. And right now, it is kind of grouped by food and drink. So the you know we've got the six coffee houses, coffee and milk tea, and a bakery that does serve coffee, but I call it more of a, a bakery cafe. Yep. Okay. Uh, right there. So we've got six of those. Those would all fit well in any uh, modern Western world. Yes. Then we've got a, I don't know, let me pull up, I've got my count somewhere also so that I don't have to count them while we're talking. Nice. There it is. Okay, so this is uh, a little bit off because we added 10 since I did this graphic, but we've got like uh, the six coffee and tea places, uh, 15 modern restaurants that would fit well in, you know, any Western world, three, uh, they're bar restaurants, but I would call them more bars than okay. restaurants, yep. just like the restaurants. Most of them serve drinks, but I would call them more of a restaurant than a bar. OK, uh, then you start getting into the locals stuff, food carts, which, you know, for the most part would be something that you would see in New York City or or something. Yep. But it's it's more of a food cart or a food stall uh four modern grocery stores okay that again would not be quite like a 711 in america but uh more of a local um grocery store yes. or not even grocery local convenience store got it uh then we get the the local stuff like produce that's going to be your fruit and vegetable stands i would call five of those to be basically that's what they do. Other places might have some random tomatoes or whatever their, their grandma grew and mm-hmm. they put out for sale. Uh, we've got a lot of seafood and meat. So there's something that's fairly unique here where you just go buy raw seafood. And I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense, but why is this so popular? And what happens is you buy the raw seafood, and then uh, there's different areas where there's some called a, pu- uh, a pulato. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Where you just bring them raw ingredients, okay. and they cook for you.
1: Understood. Yes.
0: And so you know the fish markets are not necessarily uh, the most pleasant place to have a meal, right? It, it, it smells like a fish market, but then you grab that and go somewhere in a shady park area. And someone will cook it for you. That's awesome. And so uh, yeah. the locals do this and the, the tourists from the Philippines do this now that I, I didn't really even know this existed until I started this project. And so we're going to highlight that, uh, in one of our upcoming videos, going out, buying some shrimp, garlic, whatever, and then bring it to the guy to cook for us. So I think nice. that'll be a fun experience. Uh, then we've got something called Carinderias. We've got seven of those. And this is really, you know, grandma. Well, if you're lucky, it's a grandma because she's going to make the best stuff. Um, yeah. The joke is you have to only go to ones that have Lola in the name because Lola means grandma. So oh, okay. if it's Lola's yeah. Kitchen. That's that's going to be the, the best one that you're going to find. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they just make whatever they feel like making every day and they put it out for about a dollar, maybe two dollars U.S. You get whatever it is she made and rice.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yep.
0: And, you know, there there might be a stool or a small table there, but these yes. are pretty popular. It's um, yeah, it's not cooked to order. It's kind of buffet
1: got it yes yes yes
0: when i first moved to the philippines um i took an unfurnished apartment i didn't have a kitchen and i ate almost exclusively at these places for like the first two months
1: right yeah 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 and yeah i think i had a similar experience like something on those lines when i was in thailand like where it's yeah it's it's yeah there's no fixed menu it's like whatever the chef decided to cook there Yeah.
0: Yep. Whatever was on sale at the market, that's what you're getting. Um, Then we go back to uh, 18 retail places, which again would fit well into any Western world. Uh, Services could be anything from tattoo parlors to spas to tour guides, uh, hair braiders, salons. So we've got those. Then we've got a mass of... Filipino convenience stores called Sari Saris. These are fairly unique to the Philippines, I think. They are basically everywhere. Anywhere you are in the Philippines, you are probably within sight of a Sari Sari. Uh, they mostly sell dry goods and food, and yep. uh, maybe whatever vegetables someone happened to have to for sale. So hmm. they sell whatever whatever they feel like, but it tends to be the same chips and canned and food. I think a lot of people end up using this as a pantry with them. So prolific there, they, um, you know, you don't need to stock your pantry because right. you just go buy it from them. Yes. So I think that's what happens. I mean, the kitchens are fairly small here. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense to me that you can do that. And we've got 40 of them. All over the island, these nice. are essential to Filipino life. I don't know that a Westerner visiting the island is necessarily going to s- stop at any of these, but. but that is really good for the local economy. So we're we're kind of dealing with the local and the tourist economy, and they do not always overlap. I've and finally, it. we've got eight hotels.
1: Right. Okay. Wow. So
0: some of these are pretty high end uh you know big beach places with a nice pool uh and then there's others that are pretty budget sure sure yep
1: yeah so yes bill so it looks like you guys have onboarded quite a bit like like you got like your small-time merchants to like large hotels and like and like as you mentioned it sounded like there's close to about 100 different people including like individual sellers right like in so how long, like, how long did you guys take to like onboard all these people? Uh, it took four months. It took four months, yes. And 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 how comfortable are they? Like, are they now? I mean, as you said, like, there's like the local economy and the tourists as tourists as well. So, are the locals using Bitcoin to transact at all these different stores?
0: Ah, uh, so right now they ah uh, they probably are, but I think. It is mostly the remittance case and uh, buying uh, phone credits that are um, is really going on. So, part of the utility is the ability to move money uh, cheaply and easily into the country and around the country. Yes. So, I suspect a lot of them are doing that, and I know personally that one of our local stores has really figured out that this is a good thing to do. She's got to get money to her sister in another part of the uh, country. And her alternative is not very appealing. How difficult it is to take physical cash, probably pay some fees along the way and blah, 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 blah. So she cashes in with us and then uh, she sends it on to the next uh, to her sister over pouch
1: pouch, and
0: i i can see that just becoming more and more um prevalent we've put uh a fair amount of money into the local economy and people are not coming to cash out they're coming to cash in with us
1: all right when you say cash out and cash in like what do you mean like they they want more bitcoin is it they want more sats
0: yeah they want uh they call it pouch money because um pouch is got two wallets it's got your satoshi wallet and it's got your peso wallet right you can use either of them as the default so when you receive money or send money it comes out of your default wallet okay um i know that i've got a meeting with one of our major vendors who now wants to make the switch so that the money she receives stays as sats
1: nice yeah
0: so um so adoption is a ladder. Right. And you know I see the very very lowest rung on this is have a positive association with bitcoin for sure. And uh seeing the bitcoin signs go up around the island everywhere seeing a really nice office with a huge sign that is visible from what is essentially the town square. And that gives a lot of confidence in it. We had a um, a promotion where the e-trikes, which are essentially electric golf carts that everyone uses to ride around. Yep. Um, you just hail one of these guys, give them 15 pesos, and they'll bring you wherever they're going. It, okay. It's actually kind of ideal because there's really only one road on the island. And so you just jump on one that's going the right way. Right. And we offered some, a guy that I met with one of these trikes, Hey, here's 200 to start you out. And if you get someone else to come sign up, I'll give you a hundred right, right, right. and nothing really happened. And then one day while I was out of the office, he had rounded up four of his buddies <laughs> and said, Hey, and so he got his 400 pesos. They got their 800 And everyone was happy. But then they realized they could get the same deal. And I got a frantic call to get back to the office because this is what viral looks like. Uh, Next thing you know, we had um, a traffic jam in front of the office. I had to pay a security guard for next door to direct traffic. And, you know, we ended up, I went out and put stickers uh, saying Bitcoin accepted here like three or four places on everyone's trike. And it's almost guaranteed that statistically everyone on the Island at this point has ridden in a car with one of those stickers.
1: Wow. That's awesome. And,
0: um, we have a video on Twitter just by chance when we were out playing, um, tourists, we were about to go to Caspar. Yes. And, um, we had to take a knee strike and i'm like well maybe we'll get lucky and we did so <laughs> the the one we hailed happened to be one of the bitcoin ones so i quick uh took a video of it of her you know scanning the qr as we're bumping down the road and it was pretty great because you put that on twitter someone is going to figure out what his qr code said and link directly to his web page right. uh, everyone with an account has a web page where yes. you generate a lightning invoice. And uh, apparently the guy got like $60 US in tips nice. from Twitter users. Yes, 100%. Uh, to give you an idea, <laughs> uh, they are probably making $4 a day.
1: Wow. Yeah. So okay. yeah. this
0: guy, uh, great for him, right? Yeah. Just happened yes. to be the lucky guy that, yeah. that made $60 in tips off of that ride.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. What comes to mind is like, yeah, I mean, everyone's adopting Bitcoin and using it, transacting. But is there like, is there, a, and also like, uh, before I forget that your office looks great. Like I've seen some pictures I'll, 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 and for the people listening, I'll add like quite a bit of show notes, like with the different links of whatever this thing, your office looks great. It's like, uh, it's purple. And then it has that neon Bitcoin logo and like with the neon lights, then it's, and then yeah, it has that glow to it. That's awesome. That
0: Yeah, at at night, uh, we went out and bought chairs that have LEDs embedded in them. So the whole thing will light up and do a light show. And because you, you see this across uh, a little pond at night, I mean, the attention is drawn there. It's just flashy colored lights inside everywhere. We've got a black light on a Bitcoin mural where yeah. the orange part is a bunch of names and terms that are associated with bitcoin you know we've got satoshi we've got the white paper we've got um just different stuff there yes yes that is glowing under a black light and yeah it, it definitely draws attention
1: that's awesome yeah so yeah what i was trying to get at is yeah with everyone using bitcoin everyone transacting it uh uh, is there any education done on self-custody and like the importance of that and like any sort of yeah something on those lines?
0: No. Um, so, like I said, um, adoption is a ladder and you cannot start talking about uh, self-custody to someone that's just getting the hang of creating a lightning invoice. Sure. And realizing that their static QR card is not a lightning invoice it is something that pouch can read, but any generic QR reader can read that, that static QR and -hmm. it will generate or bring you to a site that generates a lightning. Um, so yeah, you, you can't start there. That is several rungs up the ladder. Uh, our onboarding education is first just the mechanics of using it from read the QR Send by username. Uh, create a Lightning invoice directly, uh, or and then once you create the Lightning invoice, that it can be used by Pouch or because it's a Lightning wallet yep. or any Lightning wallet that a tourist happens to have. Yes. Then the discussion goes into, hey, do you know any overseas foreign workers? Everyone here knows overseas foreign workers. The remittance economy is absolutely huge here. And then we say that, well, this just came out of a Bitcoin wallet. But that Bitcoin wallet could have been anywhere in the world if you, if you send them the invoice or your page so they can make the invoice and send it to you. Yeah. So uh, your family over in Dubai that's working, they don't have to go to Western Union and pay all those fees. They can just go to your account and send it to you. You get it directly. And you cash out locally. Mm. And so people start to see the utility of that. Yep. And um, I have had the self-custody discussion with people that are ready for it.
1: 100%. Okay. Makes yeah. sense. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. And right. So what I
1: was trying to get at, uh, another thing that yeah popped into mind was like, what about the local government and the local regulations? Like. For with people, yeah, using this new type of currency, like, has there been any sort of interference or any sort of, yeah?
0: I I leave all the regulatory stuff to our uh, CEO Ethan. Okay. So I I'm just not the right guy. I do know that we are complying with all that, and compliance is a challenge.
1: Hundred percent. Yes.
0: Yep. Um, you know, for as far as the local goes. Uh, Anything that we've had to do here is really covered by the national licenses. And the local stuff is the same exact thing that you have to go through if you're opening a bar or anything else. Yes. The business licenses. So I essentially found a fixer and paid them money. They went out and got all the licenses. Inspectors come in inspecting whatever it is they inspect Sure, and and it's fine. So, okay. I mean, I think we've got twelve uh, government mandated little pieces of paper on the wall now. Right, right, right. Oh yes. uh, no, I've never looked at them. I just hang them up, and yep, we're we're compliant.
1: Sure, sure, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that would be like, yeah, that's the sort of the uh, bigger roadblocks or bumps in the like when we, especially when you're trying to build like a local community, is like what the local. Uh, what the local or the national authority is going to and how they would interfere in such a thing. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, So far, I, I, I do not see or expect any interference, especially when the uh, tourists start rolling in that are specifically here for this. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm expecting mostly, you know, they just don't care more than any, anything else.
1: Yes. And yeah i mean and as the like say a merchant that's earning uh, earning some sats and then they are pro- and then when they need to source their goods for whatever they're selling then they are probably converting that into peso and then purchasing that yeah
0: yeah very so- very likely they are um just taking what they've got and um you know probably going out to the banking network or another e wallet or Something like that, but we are getting the slenderest threads of circular economy growing. In that, uh, one of the big fruit stands here, she's you know spending about a thousand US every um every week on fruit for a vendor, and she can't just pay him when he shows up, she has to send it to his bank. Well, there's enough friction that I think she said she's spending about $20 in fees getting that thousand to this guy. Yep. Yep. And I'm like, well, you know, (laughs) you, 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 if he had pouch, then you could send to him and there, I'm trying to form the, the union of fruit vendors on Boracay (laughs) that I'm, I'm fairly certain all these guys are buying from the same distributor.
1: Understood. Yes, for sure. Right.
0: And So doing that, um, our, our vendor that makes signs for us is delighted because there's a sign for almost every business. Um, he really loves us. He's got vendors that he has to pay. I'm like, sign them up, right? (laughs) Like, you know, get, get this going. So it is very hands on at this point. Uh, I, you know, if anyone has a problem, I'm the guy that's going to, go help them and make sure everything is smooth. So,
1: yep. Yep. And, and I mean, yeah, one thing that comes to mind is like the tourist cycles are usually, I mean, like the, they're in cycles, right? Like the influx of tourists coming in in cycles. So, so when is your like peak periods when you, when you guys expect most tourists?
0: Yeah. So um, mid, mid to late October is when the rainy season is over. Okay. And that's when the tourists start showing up. So the timing was pretty impeccable on this. Uh, people that are going to become Bitcoin tourists are just hearing about us since we we really exploded on Twitter about a week ago. Yep. And you know by the time they book their tickets and so on, there's already 160. We've added 60 in the last week right uh businesses businesses
1: accepting yep. uh accepting sats accepting sats or lightning that's yep. awesome yeah so and okay so like initially like when you were onboarding your onboarding merchants so it was yeah w- what was the incentive for the merchant to like come on board uh, i'm guessing it's something on the lines of like transactions and like just the banking rails and...
0: so the um this is why there was um, it took four months while uh, half or I'd say a third of the businesses were signed on in the last week oh, okay okay yeah okay. Um, the first 30 we were fighting hard for yes right yep. and then once you get 30 and you've got a map it you know 30 on an island this size starts to really fill out the map and yep. now 160. It's just ridiculous. It, you look at the map and it's it's just a blob of places that accept us.
1: That's awesome. So yep.
0: um, it becomes easier to get them as we get more of them. The incentive is the, the draw of tourists. That is a utility. We're yep. already getting scattered reports of... Bitcoiner that just happened to be here on vacation, seeing what we're doing, downloading the app, getting taking a look at the map, and just going to all the bars and ordering a drink at each of them. I started getting phone calls. (laughs) Now they're more interested in making sure they understand how this thing works because someone other than me is coming and buying stuff from them.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um, I think there is a cool factor for the locals. Mm. Because you know, hey, that's that new Bitcoin stuff that is you know right there in the center square. You can't miss it. Um, we strategically we've now we've got three sales uh, sales reps um, promoters that that go out and sign up people. And what they do is there's a bunch of different alleys and roads here. Right. Go through, get the easiest ones. Uh, the the one where the owner happens to be there is open to it, sign them up, get them a nice sign and so on. They get like a $4 sign on bonus. So there's some money in the economy there Yep. and then come back a week later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then they've talked to their friends. Uh, a great thing at one of our local markets was he went in and he got two or three. And at that point, the whole team had like 20 of these, laminated QR cards to use. Yep. So I took a photo and put it on Twitter. Well, one of them has to be on top, right? Yes. Yeah. Well some clever guy on Twitter decoded the QR code and sent a $60 tip to to the one that was on top. Nice. Completely lucky and random, right? Yep. Yep. You think what you know when she gets sixty dollars in like a five dollars a day is income. Do you think everyone in that market knew about this the next day oh hell yeah. <laughs> so um you know when our guy went back uh so whoever whatever flab bitcoiner uh <laughs> sent that money it really made it a lot easier to get the rest of them
1: uh, yeah that, that's the awesome thing like with especially with uh yeah with bitcoiners and twitter and uh, it reminds me of this one early this one, uh, like one early post, like way back, I think it was early 2015 or something like that, where there's uh, where this guy is holding like a QR code, like on national TV for a sporting event, and okay. and he's like, "Hello, mom," or something like that. But it was a QR code saying, "Pay me Bitcoin," and then this was like, I think where Bitcoin was cheap, and I think he got like few bitcoins, and not even Satoshi. So he got a few <laughs> bitcoins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's uh, crazy to me what is dust and what is the goal over the years you know first you want yes. to be the 21 one in you know 21 bitcoin right so you're one yeah. in a million now on reddit i'm seeing posts where people are bragging about having 0.1 bitcoin
1: yes yes yes
0: right i yes. mean how great is that
1: yeah for sure for sure uh, yes well uh, i mean like Firstly, thanks for like all, like giving me such a big rundown on everything that you guys are doing, and best of luck with everything that is there in like that's going to be coming up soon. And hopefully, I see you in person someday. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah c- come on over. It is yes. entirely possible at this point to have a complete vacation here from the person that will get you onto the ferry without having to wait in line and all that. Yeah. Uh, that will get you to your hotel that you booked in Bitcoin. Uh, you can walk to the place that rents scooters. I am I live here full time and I go everywhere on scooter at this point. You can yeah. rent the scooter, go around the island there. Um, about two weeks ago or no, about a month ago now, I put together a, a pretend itinerary to see if I could, you know, if you were a tourist, could you really live on it? And yes. the answer was yes, and that was when we were at about sixty. Wow! Now yeah. at one hundred and sixty, I personally There's have no not correct. visited all of these stores at this point. Yeah, I used to to go make sure that the education was complete with our people. Sure, but I've got three people going out signing up five to six businesses a day. Nice. I I just can't get to them all anymore. I just have to have faith in my team. Sure. Um, as a local living here. I don't, I don't use Fiat almost at all anymore. Um, I go out of my way to make sure I use our vendors. Yes. And yeah, it's, I, there's a few things, you know, like there's just stuff you cannot buy in the Island. So you have to, um, <laughs> you have to use the equivalent of Amazon here.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. I, I needed some, a threaded rod for, um, you know, something we're building. Yep. Yep. It's just not in the hardware store here. Yes. yes you got to yes. buy it there, you know, right. but from for day to day life, I, I barely use Fiat anymore. So, awesome. yeah, come on yeah. over. Yeah. It's great for digital nomads and yes. you can just come here and disappear, man.
1: Oh, that's awesome. It's, uh, but yeah, so for someone that wanted to come for a holiday, right, like someone's coming as a tourist, so, so they have to fly into and then what's the journey like? So what's okay, the so are? um
0: overwhelmingly they are going to be flying into Manila. Right. Especially if they're international. Uh from Manila, there are two airports reasonably close to the island here. One, you I think you can see the island from the airport. Okay. And then the other is about an hour away, and you just get on a van and uh head through here. If you've not been to the the Philippines it's kind of fun to look around see the more uh tropical jungle ish kind of vibe you're going along a coastline there's not necessarily good internet the whole way but yeah so that that's what I tend to do it's a little bit cheaper and my time is not exactly at a premium anymore so I might fly to that one or just the the flight time is better or whatever sure um most people are probably going to go to the close one, uh, Calibo, I think it's called. Okay. Uh, it's pretty easy to figure out. Uh, from there, I just recommend using one of these tour services. They will have what, what paperwork and everything needs to be done, ready and waiting. Yep. And so they've got their pink shirts on, which okay. means they can just grab you and bring you to the next boat over they leave about every 10 minutes. Okay. Uh it's like a 10 minute boat ride across, kind of beautiful and fun. Nice. And then there's one of these little golf cart guys waiting for you. He sees the name sticker that was put on you and knows where you're going. Okay. And he'll bring you right to your hotel.
1: Oh perfect. So it's so yep. Yeah. So it's your yeah, international flight, then a domestic flight and then like a bus ride ferry thing.
0: Yeah. And for any whales that are listening, there uh <laughs> there is yacht parking available. I had to check because
1: oh, wow. um, okay. I
0: do have a, a, a whale of a friend and nice. he nice. he wanted to know. It turns out you need to check in with the Coast Guard, but there is a um <laughs> there is a a guard station on the island. So you whales listening to that. Uh, the local airport does accommodate private jets. I have no idea how you do that kind of thing. Not a problem I've had to solve, <laughs> but I've I've had to ask about that also. Okay. So.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's going to be surprising. Like, I mean, for sure, like uh, Bitcoin is going to start coming there. Like, in the hordes of Bitcoin, as soon start coming there. But it's gonna be like the locals that are like putting you onto like the domestic flights that are putting you onto the buses and then the guys putting you onto the ferries. They're gonna be like, "What's happening on the island? Why are all the gringos coming there?" Right? Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, I'm I'm looking forward to when people figure out that bitcoiners are coming and just want to uh, donate Sats. That I'm going to end up printing up these QR cards for anyone that's interacting with tourists, so they yeah. can hold it up real quick yes. and you know get a tip. For sure. I I absolutely know Bitcoiners are are going to do that. So
1: Yep, yeah hundred percent. One thing that one thing that I wanted to address and I completely yeah slipped me earlier was uh, you did mention that uh, the this there's network issues and like yeah yeah network issues probably someone's phone dying. Uh, but, but in terms of network issues, uh, these guys in Africa have built something cool where you can send sats over SMS.
0: Ah, so the network issues are uh, every now and then the power for the entire island just goes down. Oh, OK, OK. Including so... the cell towers. OK. Yeah, so, uh, I'd so, yeah. say it happens about once a week. Yes. And we're in the rainy season. I think during tourist season, it is, you know, significantly less than that
1: understood okay
0: so that that's the main thing um you know i'm actually kind of looking for paper books to read because every now and then the the power just goes out and i want something to read i yep, haven't picked yep. up a paper book in you know 10 15 years now i'm like yes yeah maybe i need to order mm-hmm. some because just go out to the beach and read when um yep. when the power goes down
1: nice anything that you've been reading lately Like any, any book in particular?
0: No, I need, I need some books. Although I've, I've seen an extraordinary number of the hotels and tourist areas. They have, um, leave a book, take a book things. And so you just get the most random books there. Like (laughs) I use, uh, I I saw one in Finnish. I recognize Finnish. I'm like, okay, how did (laughs) you get here? Um, One of my favorite books is Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett. And so I've got to go pick that up out of her library and uh, read that for like the fifth time. So, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Great. Great talking with you. And um, anyone that wants to come to the island, you can find us on Twitter, Bitcoin Island PH. Let us know you're coming, especially the first plebs that are showing up. I will give you the absolute uh, white glove treatment. Make sure you have a good time. So
1: Yes, yes. Sounds good. Yeah, and I'll put, uh, I'll reach out to you. I'll just uh, drop you a thing that I have. And you can send me a few links so I can put all of that in the show notes and so people can find everything else. Yeah, lovely speaking to you, Bill. And yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person, coming to the island myself. Sounds good. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks, Bill. See ya. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, all I ask is that you share it with one other person. And I also recommend that you use podcasting 2.0 apps like Breeze or FM. I'll link them down below. This will help you earn Bitcoin Value listen and it will also help support the show. Once again, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you in the next one.